0: what's up warrior dad nation so in this episode we dive into a sneaky sneaky vice one that has impacted my life one that i know impacts a lot of other dads and i've heard from dads it impacts their sons as well it's porn and the porn addiction have a listen welcome to the show i'm your host jeff wickersham so excited to have my special guest michael anderson on the show michael is a therapist and coach helping young parents to heal and reconnect with each other, their kids, and themselves. He's a therapist, and he's trained in mindfulness and trauma healing. As a coach, he brings those skills to the table to help people become who they want to be. He leads a coaching program for men who want to overcome pornography. Michael, welcome to the show.
1: So good to be here. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I want to dive into this vice because I know when we were talking backstage how I've dealt with it for 30 plus years. I'm yeah. having conversations with my sons about it. I have dads that I coach through the warrior dad experience. They're having conversations with with their sons about it as well. So yeah, this pornography, this concept of it. How did you get into helping dads overcome it? And would love to just kind of dive into you know, the science, what what it does to us, and and then how do you help dads? And, and get through it. And, and I'm sure we'll have some great back and forth.
1: Cool. Yeah. 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 So how I got into it, I actually, um, kind of s- stumbled into helping that, that this population, I was trained as a marriage and family therapist. Okay. And so I was doing, um, uh, during grad school and coming out of grad school, I was actually doing a lot of couples therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, pornography was a big, like, it was like a pattern. That I was seeing with couples, right, and they were kind of trying to work through, and then and then I started kind of getting um, uh, individual clients onto my caseload who were wanting to work through it, and it just it was like time and time again I kept seeing really awesome, really awesome good guys who really wanted to show up as the best version of themselves, um, and they just had bad information about how to heal and overcome pornography. And so then I started working, um, I still do work with this, with this supervisor who, who specializes in, in pornography healing. And I got fascinated with it. Mm -hmm. And from there, I just kind of kept taking off and I'm a young dad. And so I know how it feels to like have the weight of the world on your shoulders and wanting to show up the best you can for your husband, for for your wife, for your kids, for everything. And so um, it just kind of, I really resonate with that population. And so I think from there, it just kind of kept snowballing and and taking off.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So Couples counseling, yeah. pornography kept coming up. I yeah. know it was definitely a challenge that I brought into the marriage with my wife, yeah. and then became a crux of let's say, for example, she wasn't in the mood. It was go watch pornography, right? Sure. And so yeah. I'd, I'd be interested to hear some other dynamics you heard in your experience, and you know what were those challenges, and and how was it? A uh, kind of a bad outlet, obviously for men and dads and husbands to kind of sedate themselves and, and kind of still fulfill that need, even though it wasn't really truly being fulfilled with their, with their wife.
1: Totally. Well, and to, to build off of that, what I, what I kept seeing and finding is that pornography and the reasons why men use pornography most of the time predate the marriage, predate the relationship, right? Um, our brain is kind of wired for protection, right? And, and I think um, there's not enough teaching of skills of how to, how to emotionally soothe, how to process through emotions, how to work through those types of things. And so um, what a big theme I kept seeing is these men trying to explain to their partners, right? Like, listen, like, this is not about you, right? Like, I, you're, it's not that you're not good enough for me. Like, I love you. You're the best part of my life. This is just how I learned to soothe this is how i learned to to cope with things and so um and so that was a big pattern that's been a big pattern in working with couples is is helping to process the 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 trauma that that creates when, when a, one partner feels like this is all about me i must not be good enough right and this other partner is so desperately wanting to tell their wife right or their girlfriend they're like no this isn't about you this is this is my own personal hurt healing journey that i gotta go on and that's that's been a big that's been a big theme in my work with couples
0: so guy brings it right it's already a habit it's already something that he's been doing maybe for 10 15. yeah I mean I some dads I have talked to some dads who have sons that it's like 13 then they've stumbled upon it right unfortunately it's at the palm of our hands and our iPhones oh, yeah. or iPads, the laptop, like you can get access to it in the blink of an eye. So oh, yeah. somebody brings it into the marriage. What What is the husband experiencing? Because he wants to detach from it, but it's such a powerful pull. Like how's that process kind of play out?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't say this earlier. <clears throat> I think, uh, tell me if this answers your question. I think yep. there's a lot of unhelpful messages about how we, about how we move on from pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the, and what, what I mean by unhelpful, I mean like it just doesn't bear out with like what research shows is the most effective way to heal and move on from porn. Uh, I think we're, we kind of get the wrong, I tell, the way I kind of phrase it with with people is we just get the wrong tools. We get okay. the wrong tool. It's like we're told, we're, it's like we're told to build a house, but all we're given is like a shovel, right? Okay. And we're made to feel stupid that we can't build a house with a, with a shovel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, think we're, I think men are told oftentimes that, like, we've got to just, you got to just stop. Like, this is a willpower issue. Like, if you just really wanted it bad enough, if you really loved your family enough, you just, you would just stop. Right. Okay. Or um, you've got to just, like, you've got to, um, I'll, I'll kind of boil it down to this. I think a lot of times we think it's a behavior change issue, and it's not. Okay. Healing from porn is not a behavior change issue. And so all the techniques we use to change behavior, like willpower, right. Trying to count days, um, trying to avoid distract yourself from urges. It, it's not. It's not helpful for long term sustainable, like healing and transformation. If that makes sense.
0: It does. Okay, so you you brought up a couple of things that are like right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. I, lo- I love tools. Right, having yeah. tools to be able to take on what is happening in our lives or what life throws at us, right? We got to have tools. We got, we got to have, I like to call protocols, right? If this happens, then I do this as well as, you know, not a behavior change issue. So let, let's dive into both of those two areas, right. Of like, what, what are some tools to help that process, right? Instead of building a house with just a shovel, what else can we equip, you know, the men and the dads with to, make that shift because I, I always like to say, hey, it, it can happen pretty quickly, but you got to be equipped with the right tools to your point.
1: Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> here's kind of, here's three. I'll just get, here, um, tell me if this is helpful. I'll just kind of go over three kind of main pillars that I work okay. with with dads. Yep. And then uh, do, broad overview. And if you have any additional questions, let me know and I can go deeper on. on Shoot, it. that works. Um, so I think three big pillars, tools, protocols, right? Um, that we work with a lot is one, um, understanding that, uh, our brain is wired to protect right from physical pain, from emotional pain. And so whether it's pornography, whether it's overeating, whether it's work, whether it's video gaming, like whatever it is, uh, pornography can become just one, um, method that our brain works to protect from underlying pain. Right. Okay. And sometimes that pain's really obvious. It's stress at work. Right. You don't know, not really knowing how to soothe from like family dynamics that are hard. Right. Sometimes it's like underlying traumas. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's like tool number one is recognizing that when I say it's not a behavior change. What it, the reason why is because it's like porn is the band aid, And in order to heal, you've got to actually get to the wound underneath. Right heal the wound you don't really need the band-aid anymore if that makes gotcha. sense right yep
0: makes total sense
1: Se- the second pillar and i think this is really important because it's super counterintuitive to what we think about how to heal from porn is that battling urges actually makes urges stronger mm. like the idea of like fighting our urges resisting them using willpower trying to avoid them distract them actually makes urges feel stronger makes them feel more powerful um, and so the, and so the opposite is actually learning how to really actually deeply feel your urge and allow it to process through. You. Okay. And then the third would, I, I really deeply believe that, um, porn is an identity issue. Um, it's, there's, um, I kind of use like, <clears throat> there's like a, sorry, I had a, a cold that like settled right in my throat. So sorry <laughs> for the, uh,
0: it's all good. We're getting through it, man
1: as long as my voice doesn't like crack too much, I think well, we should probably be okay. Um, but um, I really do think it, it's worth taking a lot of deep, doing some deep exploration and realizing how do I view myself and how does that feed um, this pornography use, this mm-hmm. habit? I think self-limiting beliefs, how we view ourself, um, how we view overcoming porn. I think there's a lot of unhelpful messages about like, porn is impossible to overcome, right? Like once an addict, you're always an addict, right? Um, It'll always kind of be in your life. Like there's a lot of unhelpful beliefs that formulate an identity around porn that I think you have to reforge. Um, And so I I really believe porn is an identity issue. So those are kind of three things, right? The wound underneath, battling urges, makes them feel stronger. And it's all about reforging your identity around pornography.
0: Yep, yep. Okay, so let's go, let's start from the top there of where you just were at right? Identity issue and yeah. limiting beliefs. I mean, one of my limiting beliefs when I just wasn't worthy, right? I was never good enough. Yeah. So that kind of, you you can, I can connect the dots as you're talking about it. Yes. No wonder why I was probably primed for going down that pornography route, right? Because yeah. I got a dopamine hit when, you know, the, I, I I watched it and, and, you know, took care of myself. Like, it's crazy yeah. how you can connect the dots when you think about that. So, yeah. you know, What's a way to kind of do a deep dive? Is it asking yourself, hey, how do I truly feel about who who I am as a person, as a dad, as a husband, as a man, as a leader, right? It, it sounds like that that would be a powerful question for somebody to ask themselves.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> here's, I think, a really powerful way to do some of that exploration. I think it does help. Uh, um, I think it really does help to have either a therapist or a coach to walk you through this process. But here's how I like to conceptualize it. Um, you said, I you you said use that, that belief of like, I don't feel worthy, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I would, um, you tell me if I'm wrong here, but I would make a guess here that it wasn't in every scenario that you didn't feel worthy, right? I'm sure there's other scenarios, other contexts where you felt pretty confident in yourself, where you mm-hmm. felt like you could, you were an expert in something. Is that accurate enough? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would, when, when I work with clients, I help them realize, okay, there are different parts of you, okay? There is a part of you that feels unworthy. That's not the full story, but there's a part of you that feels unworthy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you to get really curious as to as to why there's a part that feels unworthy, right? There's actually a whole model of therapy that I use a lot. I don't know if you've ever heard of internal family systems. I have not. Um, basically kind of goes under this idea that we're all made up of these different parts of us, with different fears, beliefs, ideas. They, they all get kind of activated in different contexts, right? Mm-hmm. And we can actually get to know these parts of us and, and through curiosity and self-compassion, we can get to know that, okay, there's a part that feels unworthy. Spend some time with that part of you. What experiences have led to you feeling unworthy and start to actually develop a relationship with those parts of you that hold those limiting beliefs and actually start to treat them with like love, and compassion. Mm-hmm. That's a really high level way of doing it. Let me know if that if you have any questions on that. I hope that makes enough sense.
0: No, it definitely makes sense. I mean, it, I don't know if you know who Phil Stutz is, but I I love yeah the work that he does. And he did a special on uh, I don't know if it's Netflix, but with Jonah Hill and yeah, it's like Part X. And like Jonah Hill was severely overweight, and he said you need to be kind to that little boy that was overweight and probably picked on and stuff like that. And I I look back and my brother and I connected the dots about 10 years ago where I'm the oldest of three younger brother, three years, younger, younger sister, six years younger. But when my sister was born, my mom always wanted a girl. Well, my brother and I, had to show my mom things we did for attention. We brought it actually into, both of us brought it into our marriages and we would yeah. say, hey, look what I did. And my wife was like, what do you want a cookie? Like, and and it didn't connect <laughs> until we had a discussion and it was like light bulb moment. My brother's like, holy crap. I say the same thing to my wife. And we were like, okay, my, my mom still loved us. But at six for me, at three for my brother, we made a decision that we weren't worthy of my mom's love and that how that's how it kind of transformed into that limiting belief in, in my life. So it definitely uh definitely hits home from there. Yeah.
1: Number and, number go ahead. I was just saying, and just just an ad, <clears throat> this sounds kind of counterintuitive. I think for a lot of a lot of us guys, especially like it it feels kind of intuitive to like actually love the parts of us that we tend to hate, you know. But like there is I just want I just thank you for sharing that because I, I think I just want to really highlight there is a lot of healing that happens when you learn to treat these like often really young parts of us with the love and acceptance that they were needing all those years ago.
0: Right. Right. And it, it kind of leans into number two, right? Battling the urge, it makes them stronger. Right. So dive into Let's unpack that one a little bit. Right. Like yeah. one willpower is never sustainable, right? It, 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 you have peaks, you have valleys. It's not going to, it's not going to set you up for success, but explain the battle, when you battle the urges, it makes them stronger, and, and how that works.
1: Yeah, so let's carry the let's carry this idea of parts a little into this example, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, almost every client I've worked with says that they really hate this part of them that uses pornography, right? Okay, they hate it, right? Mm-hmm. They, of course they do. To them, it's like ruining their life, it's ruining their marriage, it's it's getting in their way, and they spend so much time battling it, right? Right. And here's, but here's the opposite. Here's why the opposite actually works better, right? If you consider the same way you consider these like parts of you that hold limiting beliefs, right? So you have a part that feels, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough, right? The same way, actually the best way to heal that part is to go to it, actually spend time with it and show it love and let this part know like, hey, I'm here. It's okay. You're good, Mm -hmm. right? There are parts of us that think they need pornography in order to soothe in order to find connection in order to, to protect in some way. Right. So when we battle this part of us that gets activated, right. It just further enhances the stress response in our body. Right. So we're just, we're stressing ourselves out even more by battling urge. Right. But also we're, we're, we're missing out on the opportunity to actually go to that part of us is feeling scared right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's feeling like I need this, right? And like holding it close and being like, hey, I'm just going to actually allow you to be here and I'm going to let you know that you're not bad. Mm. You're not bad that you think you want pornography, right? Um, the pornography is damaging and it's not, it's not helping so I'm, we're not going to use right now but I'm not going to try and get rid of this part of me. Right. Mm-hmm. And you do that. You can do that through a lot of mindfulness ways. You can do that by actually like allowing yourself. Well, I guess we can go into that if you have any questions, but there's some really good mindfulness techniques about how to actually just sit with the urges and not shame them anymore and not battle
0: with them anymore. Let's dive into them. All right, cool. So, uh,
1: here's just like one really, really simple one. So if anyone's listening, this is like something they can just like take with them and practice, but this is like a really good starter, like exercise. Um, you might, you okay being kind of a guinea pig? Let's do it. Yes. All right. So Jeff, I just want you to take a moment and, uh, will you just notice, how does your shirt feel on your body? Like in neutral language, describe to me how your shirt feels.
0: It feels, feels comfortable. Good, nice and and tight in the arms and the chest where I like it. Okay. (laughs) Nice.
1: Nice. Good work. Yeah. So, um, are you your shirt?
0: I am not my shirt.
1: So you can feel your shirt. But, like, you don't identify as it. Is that Correct. Yes. Right, cool. So now what I want you to do is think of, like, an emotion that you don't usually like to feel. Right? Maybe it's stress. Right? Maybe it's anxiety, whatever it is. Maybe let's go with stress, if that's okay.
0: Yep. Let's do it.
1: And I want – will you just describe for me in neutral language, right? Don't say, oh, it's terrible. It's the worst. I can't handle it. Right? Because like, almost as if I've never experienced this feeling before, if you were to, like, wear stress like you wore your shirt – Describe for me how it feels on your in your body.
0: Yeah, I, I'd say my heart races a little bit. I'd say yeah. you know I just have this sense of being a little bit overwhelmed and and looking to get things done. Those would be a couple couple things that pop pop out.
1: Nice. Um, let me throw out a couple common ones. Do you feel like tightness in your chest at all? Tightness in your shoulders? Anything like that?
0: A little little bit in the chest.
1: A little bit. Okay. Yep. Those are some common things that clients say. I just want to check on that. Right. Um, so one mindfulness exercise, as I go through this with clients, then what I have them do, and we won't, we won't do this here, just for the sake of time, but like, actually, I'll actually have them like close their eyes mm-hmm. and just, instead of focusing on all the dramatic things their brain says about the stress, right? Like, this is bad. I can't feel this. This is, I got to change this. Right. Just sink down into your body and just allow yourself to feel the tightness in your chest. Mm -hmm. Allow yourself to feel the heart racing. And when it doesn't, when all it is, is just that, right. And we jump out of all the dramatic things we say about it. We start to realize, actually, I'm like, okay to feel this, right. It's really not that bad. I don't have to be scared of this feeling. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, totally. It totally does. And I I always love to say the frame we see things is so, so incredibly important. I mean, Kelly McGonigal just on the side of stress, she's got a book called the upside of stress and how we're programmed to feel like it's terrible and it's gonna kill us and all these things. And that leads it to doing that. Where if you saw it as, hey, this is raising my game. It's 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 raising my mental focus, then you're gonna have a different it's gonna have a different impact on you than how so many people interpret it. So I love that that piece. Let's go to uh to number one real quick. You know the brain has that need to protect. Yeah. And why is that so important when we think about pornography and, and men?
1: I think, I think for a couple of reasons, one, um, I think it gives us the opportunity to decrease the shame around Definitely. it. I think a lot of the messages that we get as men in pornography is, um, you're doing this because you're weak. Um, you're doing this because you're gross, right? You're perverted in some way. Um, this is like a heart issue, like your heart's just not in the right place, right? You need to change that, right? And so when we better just understand brain chemistry, right? We just better understand, okay, you're fine. This isn't a weak thing. You're not gross. You're actually an awesome dude. You're actually here getting help, right? Like right. you're actually really abnormal that you want to like in the best way possible that you're wanting to like heal and work through this. Um, once we better understand like this, is our brain is just wired to protect and it will It'll kind of go to it'll, it'll it whether it's porn whether it's whatever it'll find strategies to protect, to protect against underlying wounds right. Um, I think the second reason why this is important is uh, I tell clients all the time this is about way more than porn. Like healing from porn is about way more than just stop using porn. This is about you actually finally getting to do some deep diving underneath to like some unprocessed pain that you that you don't know yet how to deal with. You start to deal with that, you heal from that, dude, like sky's the limit, man, on what you can accomplish once you've healed those underlying wounds, right? So I think those are a couple of really important reasons why it's important to understand that.
0: Yeah. And I think the science is so, so important, right? There's not anything inherently wrong with you. It's just how your brain is wired, right? And, and that's just a, a fact of it. And giving ourselves some grace, and I yeah. always like to say, instead of beating ourselves over the head with a hammer... Getting a flashlight and you mentioned it before, Michael, getting curious. Yeah. Okay. Doing doing some deep work. And and yeah. I will tell you in my experience, I mean, I gave up alcohol nearly twenty-two months ago. That com- that combination of giving up alcohol, because many of the times I was not feeding that porn addiction. But then the day after drinking, I was just weak mentally and that was snowball. And that would be another piece to the, yeah. to the puzzle. So yeah. um, when you do the deep work and when you uncover these things and it, it's, it's about the journey. Yeah. And, and, You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody is. We all battle these things. I like to say if I went outside my house today and teed up a golf ball and I'm not a good golfer by any stretch, but I I, I hit a driver, I'd probably hit six houses, seven houses with other dads that are facing these same things. Yeah. And that's why it's so important. We have these conversations because as dads, as leaders of the family, especially if you got sons, They're going to battle these same things. And I'm having deep conversations with my boys now. And it's, it's important to help them navigate because when I was growing up, you didn't have it in your phone, a supercomputer, you had to mail away for a playboy or something, right? right? Where now it's immediate and it's, it's, it's so dangerous from, from that perspective. So what, what real quick before we end, what advice would you give to a dad that maybe has a son, that has maybe started that route and, and how to redirect or help them.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, I, a couple, a couple things. First off, um, per, it, for someone who's for someone who feels like pornography is against their value system, right? Cause not for not, not everyone wants to move. Some people it's not against their value system, right? W- which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. But for someone who's like, porn not, I don't want porn in my life. You got to understand that this is a lifelong thing. This is a lifelong journey. You will all like throughout the whole life, you will get exposed to porn. Your your son will get exposed to porn, right? He's not going to be perfect at it. There'll be times he views, be time, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like this is a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's so important. If, if a dad just wants to know, where can I start? Um, do your very best to just decrease the shame out of talking with your son, okay. right? You. And like celebrate the fact that it's normal that he has, that he's a sexual being mm-hmm. right? right sex is good sex is awesome right mm-hmm. and just realize like normalize that for them. like no wonder you're curious about this man you're fine like right that it's because you're because you're human right, right. sexuality yeah. is great sex is great and just decrease that shame and right. then once they decrease the shame then you can start talking to them about okay now what do our values say to do right now how do we give you the tools to help live more in line with your values but if you're looking for just a place to start it's so important to just decrease the shame out of Love out it. of pornography use
0: Love that. Well, I've I've loved the conversation. I'm going to ask you to come back because I know we can go a little bit deeper, Michael. Where can where can, pe- where can people find you?
1: Yeah, yeah, would love it. Thanks, Jeff, for having me on. I uh, um, I'm most active on LinkedIn, um, and so you can just search me, Michael Anderson, on LinkedIn. Um, actually, there's like a thousand Michael Andersons just probably in Utah alone, which is where I'm from on LinkedIn. Uh, but maybe I can send you a link to put on the show notes. I can't remember I if will. I did or
0: not. Yep, I do. I do. Um,
1: and then uh, if you're interested in learning more, I actually have a link to a free masterclass that you can just watch. i go into more detail about those kind of three pillars. And obviously there's more to it, but those are those three pillars are a good place to start. So you can watch. It's like 35 minutes long. You can watch the free training and, and get some more information that way.
0: Awesome, Michael. Appreciate you being on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Dare to be uncommon. Lovely, legacy, created, legendary day. And I'll talk to you soon.